everybody, welcome to Tech Thoughts, a show about tech advice, a short how-to, and why you should care. I'm Art, the cute one. And I'm Jade, the smart one. And this is Minisode, it's like Tech Thoughts, but faster. This Minisode in particular is a little bit more of an opinion piece. Everything that we discuss is fact, but our opinions on said facts are our own, and also our partners, because they did the write-up for this Minisode, and then we sort of transformed it so that we could do it uh, in our own style. Um, but. Pokemon, you know, the game about catching them all and animal fighting rings? Well, the last couple of Pokemon generations have been disappointing, to say the least. So let's see exactly how far they've fallen. Yeah, Pokemon. Supposedly, a strategy role-playing series has sort of brought down their barrier to access by making the games just a little too easy. No, really. Starting with the Pokemon X and Y games, it was made so easy that articles were written to make the game more interesting. Again, these are all challenge modes, such as things like the popular Nuzlocke challenge or not grinding, things you just don't do in RPGs, you know? And part of these needs were due to the reworking of an in-game item called an EXP share, which before this generation of games let you share experience for a separate Pokemon in your party by letting them hold the item. So, you know, train two of your characters at once if you don't play Pokemon and you want me to strip the terminology a little. <laughs> in X and Y, this item was made a key item and applied to your whole party. And as a result, you always had a team of nearly same level Pokemon ready to go. Now, in X and Y, you could turn this off, which is good. You should be able to reinstate challenge if you wanted it. But starting with the Let's Go games, Eevee and Pikachu on the Switch, the EXP share was made a mandatory and permanent item. So uh, not so much. You, uh, you just kind of are always ready, question mark? Hmm. But okay, let's, uh, let's put that down for a little bit. We're a little vague. Other than making the game ludicrously easy, starting with Pokemon Sun and Moon, well, the series just started holding your hand a little too much. The game always sort of had a beginning tutorial level, how to catch Pokemon, how to fight, how to use items. Makes sense. But in Sun and Moon, the first island that you start on is one gigantic tutorial, where the game stops to tell you how things work in what feels like every new area. And this actually continues to the other islands with only a small lessening in frequency. <sighs> you want to know where a location is on the map? Don't worry, they will walk you there. Slowly. Methodically. <laughs> also, even if they don't, it's a straight line, so you can't get lost. Oh, yes. Sun and Moon was also the first game with very little post-game content. Previous games had things such as, in the third generation, the Battle Frontier, where you had an entire separate map dedicated to post-game content. Mm -hmm. uh, or in the second gen, where you had an entire separate region to explore, because why not? But, not much here, other than catching legendaries, but really, that's a prerequisite to be a Pokemon game. Which is why Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon were released a year later with a more complete everything. Really, it, it's a little confusing to why they didn't just wait to release this complete game. Well, there's probably a reason for that, which is money. one of the <coughs> things... No, not just that, but yes, money. But also one of the things is that it, that has really been plaguing the Pokemon series is that there seems to be this unspoken rule that there has to be a new main series Pokemon game every year. And so a game is produced 
whether or not the game is ready, and whether or not it is good. Uh, this can be seen, especially with the Switch games. Uh, there was Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee, which I won't talk about too much because they were sort of supposed to be side games anyway. So let's leave them out of this discussion, but acknowledge that the Pokemon side games have had in the past the power to be really deep and complex. If you've ever played Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, uh, especially the, the, the DS versions, those are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of content. That's, that's what those games are. Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee is not that. It's another return to the Kanto region, which has already gotten a lot of critique from fans as basically being Game Freak's favorite region to go back to, and it kind of feels a little bit lazy. There are other Pokemon besides the original 151. If you didn't want there to be, why did you make them? So there's that. But other than that, they were, they were, they were perfectly fine games, for the fa given the fact that they weren't main series games. The, the next main series games, however, Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield, really just exacerbated a lot of the issues with the original release of Sun and Moon to, uh, to an insane degree. So, the tagline for Pokemon as a franchise is, gotta catch them all. That, that's, that's literally the tagline of the franchise, and they, 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 they branded themselves in that way. Guess what you can't do in Pokemon Sword and Shield? Catch them all! Despite the fact that the game has an area called the Wild Area as its main draw, where you can find Pokemon running around in the Wild, the Wild Area, which in-game looks completely and utterly lifeless and desolate, not at all to the standards of other 3D Switch games, like this is a console that had Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild as one of its launch titles. Sword and Shield does not compete visually at all. But, 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 but ignoring that for a second, Sword and Shield does not have what in Pokemon games is called a national Pokedex. In fact, in Sword and Shield, you can only catch Pokemon that the game deems to be native to the Galar region and you cannot catch any Pokemon outside of that. Which means that if your favorite Pokemon just happens to be one of the Pokemon that Game Freak arbitrarily decided to not include in the game, you can't get it. Screw you. This caused a lot, and I mean a lot of discourse uh, in the Pokemon fandom. But really what became clear to me, and will become clear to many as a result of this, is that Nintendo and Game Freak would rather sell us incomplete games every year in order to keep up with their merchandising and anime schedule rather than take their time and create actually good games. And with other games on the Switch, again, I already, I already used Breath of the Wild as an example, but as another example, Animal Crossing New Horizons, which was literally delayed precisely so that the developers could have more time to work on the game, and, and despite being incomplete at launch, admittedly, still had a much more satisfying launch than the, the newest Pokemon games, it sort of left a sour taste in everyone's mouth. It even affected the Game Freak staff morale, which is really unfortunate, but doesn't seem like it's going to improve anytime soon, especially not uh, with the newest remakes, uh, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, showing that they really aren't doing anything to change the formula in any meaningful way. Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl were sort of branded as being faithful remakes, which is really just merchandising speak for, we didn't change anything, we just put it on the Switch, but you're going to pay us $60 for it anyway. Screw you. It's lazy, really, is what it is. And it's, 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 it's fundamentally disappointing for so many people who grew up playing Pokemon and who wanted a series that would grow alongside them. It sort of seems like Pokemon refuses to acknowledge that the primary base of people playing the games 
has gotten older and that these games aren't necessarily for children anymore and that they should have things like challenge modes, which they had in Pokemon Black and White too, and then never brought back because why, why would you do something like that? Yeah, it's it's just it's lazy. It's disappointing. Uh, there are even rumors of the next Pokemon game beyond Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl being a sort of software as a service type of uh, deal, which we have already talked about why we hate software as a service here on this podcast. Just let me own a game that is complete, Nintendo. Why can't we have that? What what what's going on? They don't know how to make a complete game. That's what uh, first day patches are for, or even better. Negative 10-day patches are for. Because guess what? There's a patch for Pokemon. What is it? Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. There's a patch out on the 11th of November that, quote, adds post-game content, such as anything that happens after entering the Hall of Fame, a bunch of in-game cutscenes, including the end credits and opening introduction to the game. Oh, my God. Oh, sorry. Not the end credits. The entire ending cutscene. Oh, great. (laughs) And multiplayer. All in this first negative, (laughs) negative nine, whatever the fuck day it is patch. So not only has the innovation gone out the window, I see the quality control has too. Does this mean that the physical cartridges of this game were released so many months in advance that they weren't even close to being done? Well, it makes sense because they had to send out like reviewer copies probably. You, you think you would do that when the game was complete? You, no, you think you would. You're right. <laughs> sure, yeah. Reviewer, when I when I when people are sent reviewer copies, it's not like they're being sent half a game, you know. <laughs> I I don't know. I I really don't know what to make of it. It 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 is just disappointing. It 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 is really just and and it's not like because it really it really just isn't. It's not like they can't make a game a Pokemon game that is family friendly or child friendly, and caters to the older audience at the same time it's not like those two things are mutually exclusive just add difficulties like it's a it's it's a very basic thing that other rpgs have had for all of time it's pokemon the animals are soft and fluffy even though the pokedex entries say otherwise it has to be kid friendly until you read a little bit i don't know it really just feels like nintendo and game freak have no incentive to listen to the fan base because the games will sell regardless which is uh which is uh an unfortunate thing that happens with a lot of the companies we talk about on this uh podcast <clears throat> ea uh so i don't i don't know where we go from here but as a longtime pokemon fan who probably isn't going to be getting the new games for a while because i just feel no pressure to do so because i know they're going to disappoint me it it, it it it's really it's really a letdown. <sighs> and, and if you want to be let down, come see our after show. Hopefully, <laughs> the letdown is when we don't do it, but sometimes we do. And on those sometimes, you can find us uh, at our Instagram, probably, or maybe a Twitch. We don't know. We're maybe sort of YouTube. in a weird transition period right now, but. Presumably for a while, we will be posting stream notices on our Instagram, even if the stream them, streams themselves don't take place on Instagram. So check our Instagram at Tech Thoughts Podcast so that you too can figure out what the hell we're doing. Or you can also check out our website, which is Jade. Tech Thoughts. Okay. 
<laughs> the website, which is always up, regardless of our existential crises in other in other areas of this of this podcast administration. Despite our meta crisis. <laughs> uh, everything we talk about stresses me out all the time. And on that note, we'll see you guys next week. Uh, this is another mini-sode complete. Bye. Bye.